hour number two of the John and Leah show. This is the program where each and every Sunday night we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives. We do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And uh, in this hour, we're going to get to President Obama's address to the nation on this Sunday night, only his third of this type uh, since he took office in 2009. I thought it was extraordinary on a couple different perspectives, Uh, obviously in response to the terrorist attack that occurred in Southern California, specifically San Bernardino, California, which is now officially a terrorist attack because the president said so. Because once the president says so, now the media has permission to tell what we all knew was the truth days ago. Uh, Now, I'm not sure, Leah, whether or not the attorney's for the Farouk family are on board yet because because they were because they were the last of the Mohicans. Uh, they they were um, wow. They they held a press conference. I believe this was on Thursday, uh, and this was um, I joked on Twitter after the press conference. Actually, during the press conference, I joked that the Donald Trump for president campaign. <laughs> Uh, was going to buy a half hour of airtime on all television stations in Iowa and just let these attorneys talk about Muslims and terrorism. Seriously. And then just put his name at the bottom of the screen. Seriously. (laughs) And it would have been the greatest commercial ever for Donald Trump. Exactly. Because these guys uh, were scary, clueless, um, at times unintentionally hilarious. And it went on forever. Oh, yeah. By the way... uh, when have any of the cable news networks given whatever it was, 45 minutes close to there of uninterrupted and, and very softball question uh, filled airtime to any of the family members of the deceased to provide their opinions on what happened here? Because that's what they yeah, did. That's never happened. Never happened. And I mean, with these guys. We're given, like I said, a huge chunk of airtime on cable news networks for their press conference. And I, we have a couple of clips here. This, there were two guys. One was a, appears to be a white guy. Another, the other guy appeared to be of Middle Eastern descent. Well, what I found funny was that the, you, know, you would think, considering the nature of the subject matter here, that the guy of Middle Eastern descent would be far nuttier and more sensitive. No, the white guy was way worse than the Middle Eastern <laughs> descent dude. But uh, you have two clips here. Let's play the first one, and we'll evaluate what was said. Okay. I mean, there's, there, was, it, there was information about the fact that his coworker has kind of, has kind of made fun of him, for example, and his beard. He was a very isolated, uh, introverted individual with really no friends that we could identify, like like maybe one friend or no friends. And so, I guess what we would say is that when an incident happens like this, when a Christian goes to shoot up a Planned Parenthood, or an extreme uh, Catholic goes and bombs, bombs an abortion clinic, all the headlines don't say extremist radical Christian Catholic, Christian Catholic, Christian Catholic, just like right now, every headline is saying Muslim and attaching Muslim to it. I just think there's a, there's a tendency to take a cookie cutter version or a paradigm of a terrorist type event and superimpose it on a situation just because that person is of Muslim belief or Muslim tradition. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the only reason why. Yeah, it had nothing to do with the uh, the pipe bombs, 
uh, and the the remote controls. And... It had nothing to do with the Islamic terrorism thing. No, not well. Yeah, the well, but that's that gets me to the next point where I'm heading with this. It also has nothing to do with the fact that the female. We are told credibly, this is not from, you know, some right-wing source, this is from the FBI, that the female actually pledged allegiance to ISIS under an assumed name on Facebook during the attack. And by the way, who hasn't, in the middle of a massive attack, decided (laughs) to get on your Facebook page? By the way, your Under an assumed name. Yeah, your secondary Facebook page. Um, And, you know, just make sure you get get it out there that you pledge allegiance to ISIS. I'm sure that happened by accident. But listen, that, by the way, was the white dude that you heard there. And you're going to hear the white dude again here. Uh, He's the apparently white dude uh, who was the far nuttier of these two Farouk family attorneys because he turned the Pledge of Allegiance to ISIS on Facebook into something it absolutely wasn't and with the most bizarre and inappropriate reference of the week by far, considering the fact that 14 people died here. Here's how he tried to spin that little fact. Any one of us may have looked at something on Facebook. It doesn't mean we believe in it. I've checked out a Britney Spears post, and I hate Britney Spears music. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's, first of all, not what happened. The, the allegation, I don't know I don't know if he didn't know or if he's just lying. Oh, he knew. Come on. You think he's just lying? You just think of he's flat? Of course. Everybody's downplaying it. You can't say what it really is. Okay. Well, but that's a pretty blatant lie to turn a Pledge of Allegiance to ISIS on Facebook into you just happened to visited, visit somebody's page on Facebook. It's just like visiting Britney Spears' page, which, of course, is absurd on a million different levels. Uh, and let me also address the absurdity of this notion that this is similar somehow to a Planned Parenthood uh, or something like that. First of all, um, you know, those things do not happen in anywhere near the same way, shape, or form as this. We didn't have a 9-11 because of Planned Parenthood, all right? That's number one. But number two, there's not a religion which is enabling and fostering, along with a community, enabling and fostering that set of behavior and belief. Because, And that's why it hardly ever happens. Because if Catholicism or some strand of Christianity was enabling the bombing of Planned Parenthood operations, it would happen constantly because we are in a majority Christian nation. But guess what? Because the 99.999% of Christians don't believe in that, don't put up with that, would never enable that. If they ever heard somebody in their community was going to be up to that, they would immediately turn them in. That's right. It doesn't happen. When it does happen one time, it becomes huge news because the news media wants to make it huge news. This and is, when it is big news, it's all about Christian, 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 right wing, Christian, right wing. Right. right. The, the reality is, the reality is that there is there is an absolute, and I don't know what what do you call it, mainstream or whether it's a minority view, but it's absolutely not a minuscule view of Islam that believes, now they don't all act on it, but that believes that violence is at the core of Islam. Yep. That's not the case with Christianity. And so, and and, and I'll give the president some credit. We're going to get in the next segment. We're going to get to his speech to the nation. I'll give the president some credit because he did at least give lip service to what you and I have said is the key to having any shot 
at, at, at defending ourselves in this situation, and that is within the Muslim community, they must take responsibility. It must be absolutely forbidden within that community for anybody to act or support in action anything remotely similar to what happened in San Bernardino. Currently, that's not the case. And the the larger Farouk family, I believe, is proof of that because they all knew. They all knew something. And how much they knew, I don't know for sure, but they knew something. And they probably knew everything. And that's why they reacted as dramatically as they did, as fast as they did with that CARE press conference. So so the reality here is that, it, that we can't do that much about it. But the Muslim community can. And will they? I don't know. But the president at least gave lip service to that. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the parts of his speech that made no sense at all as he tried to please everybody in a way that only Barack Obama can. We'll do that on the John and Leah show here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. And the President of the United States uh, gave an address to the nation tonight to to respond to the terrorist attack in San Bernardino this week. It was newsworthy mainly because the President finally acknowledged that, surprise, surprise, uh, it was in fact a terrorist attack although he tried to downplay it in some ways. Interestingly, Brandon, he also, for the first time, to my knowledge, acknowledged that Fort Hood was a terrorist attack. How about and that? And Tennessee. Wow, that that might have been the biggest news out of <laughs> this um, event, whatever you want to call it, Address to the Nation. Uh, I, didn't, I haven't seen that much news about it online. I'm, I, maybe it will be tomorrow, but that was remarkable to hear him say that. And to be fair, there were parts of the speech that I liked. I mean, he did give lip service to some of the things that you and I believe. I, I believe it was just lip service. He didn't mean it. I don't think he meant it. Uh, I there think, was no passion there. I, I think that the White House, to me, what the, from a political standpoint, it was very obvious that what happened here was the White House over the last couple of days got a whole heap load of really bad internal polling. Oh, and, yes. And that, that they felt like, oh, my gosh, we're, we got to really do something. So Donald Trump's at 72%. <laughs> I don't think he's that high yet, but he might be soon. Um, but anyway, so I, I think that this was in response to them realizing, wow, okay, this really hit a nerve with the public. We're on the verge of really getting killed on this, um, you know, figuratively, obviously, on the, uh, politically on this. And Obama, you know, what, what his M.O. is, is to give everybody a little bit of something, if they want to believe him, to hang on to. And he did right. that. I mean, he made everybody a little bit happy with what he said. Of course, it didn't make a lot of sense in the totality of it. Mm-mm. Let me give you just some of the the, uh, the highlights as I saw it. Number one, as I said, he acknowledged that San Bernardino, Tennessee, and Fort Hood were terrorist attacks. That's good. A little more than a little late. Gee, thanks. But okay, we'll take it. 
too uh, late for all those soldiers to get their benefits, as a matter of fact. Well, that's going to be interesting. I wonder, I, I would think that's going to reopen that issue. I mean, if the President of the United States so. in a national address says Fort Hood was a terrorist attack, I would think that the the survivors of that and the family members of the deceased have a hell of a case. Uh, anyway, so I, I was stunned also by the fact that he seemed to acknowledge that, get this, uh, part of why ISIS is no longer contained, as he said a few weeks that they were, a few, few weeks ago that they were, is that they have, get this, a safe haven in Iraq. Correct. Now, I wonder how they got that safe haven in Iraq. <laughs> How do you think that happened, Leah Brandon? Well, because the last time he gave a Sunday night address was when he was proud of himself for pulling all of the troops out from Iran. Now, did he mention that tonight? Because I might have missed that. Did he mention he, that part? No. He didn't? Okay. The analysts afterwards mentioned that. Did they really? Oh, yeah. Seriously? That was the last time he gave a Sunday night no, Oval it, Office address. I know, but did, did I, I mean, were you watching Fox News at the analyst? I was. Act, oh, okay. Well, on Fox News, I have no doubt that they acknowledged. <laughs> Charles Krauthammer. Okay. Well, that makes sense. But unfortunately, not everybody was watching Fox News Channel and Charles Krauthammer and what I'm sure was outstanding analysis. Um, so that was extraordinary that Obama had the balls to do that when it was his damn fault that we're, uh, we've allowed ISIS or, as he says it, ISIL. ISIL. I, and, and by the way, I, I don't even know, you know, the details and why it should be ISIL or ISIS. I just I know, in, I just know instinctively, if he says ISIL, I'm saying ISIS. That's all I know. Yeah, it's wrong. It's wrong because <laughs> okay. they don't have the Levant yet. Okay. That's the entire caliphate. All right. Anyway, so here, here's the point. So he, he has the balls, even though it's his fault, to say, you know, boy, they've got the safe haven there. Then he has even larger balls. To blame Congress. I know. It's unreal. Look at this. He says, for, you know, do we have a clip of this? Let's play a clip of him berating Congress for not taking ISIS seriously. If Congress believes, as I do, that we are at war with ISIL, it should go ahead and vote to authorize the continued use of military force against these terrorists. For over a year, I have ordered our military to take thousands of airstrikes against ISIL targets. Mm-hmm. Now, this, this really takes quite, you know, extra Trump-like balls uh, to, to, for the President of the United States to have the gumption to go after Congress when, let's review, not only is he the reason why they have the safe haven in Iraq, he called them a JV team. That's right. He said hours before a major terrorist attack in Paris that they were contained. And so he, he, has, he has no right to be telling anybody else that they haven't taken ISIS seriously because he is the poster child for not taking ISIS seriously. In fact, you could not parody how poorly he has evaluated the potency of ISIS. I mean, this is this is enough. To, if it was George Bush, it would bring down his entire presidency on this issue alone. JV team and contained. That's it. I mean, when you consider what George Bush got for mission accomplished. Exactly. And what Barack Obama has not gotten for JV team. And, and contained. And contained. It's, it is absolutely amazing. Even by the standards of uh, the death of journalism, which we're currently uh, experiencing. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll get a little bit more on Obama's speech. Then we got to get to Donald Trump's reaction to all this on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. She broadcasts from Birmingham, Alabama, where people care about their guns, especially now, Jesus, and college football, especially now. I'm broadcasting from Southern California, where people barely even care about themselves normally, although this week they did care about the terrorist attack in San Bernardino here in Southern California. And we're wrapping up our coverage of the president's address to the nation tonight where uh, he gave everybody a little bit of something. Um, I didn't believe the parts that were intended for people like me. Uh, However, I did believe he's very sincere about the parts where, hey, let's not blame Islam for any of this. Uh, Leah, why don't we hear a little bit about uh, from the president on this issue of, hey, we can't uh, be evaluating Islam based upon the fact that people are killing us in the name of Islam. It is our responsibility to reject religious tests on who we admit into this country. It's our responsibility to reject proposals that Muslim Americans should somehow be treated differently. Because when we travel down that road, we lose. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what we lose, depending on how you define that road. See, this is where the president is an expert. He puts up the classic straw man. You know, yes. he, he misinterprets on purpose whatever the person on the furthest extreme is saying and, say, and and pretends that that's our only other option. It's either what I'm doing or what that crazy person on the far right uh, is doing. And, oh, by the way, I'm going to distort what the crazy person on the far right is saying uh, so that it sounds even worse than it might actually be in reality. And right. If- we either go to war with Iran or we sign this deal that's horrible. Right. That, so that's that's his greatest uh, argument. Uh, I use that term loosely. They, that's his M.O., is the straw man argument. And, of course, Donald Trump, in the media's eyes, allows Obama to do this because, after all, Donald Trump is the Republican frontrunner for the presidential nomination. And Trump is saying things that kind of sort of sound like this. So, therefore... The president is right to juxtapose his very rational, very intelligent, very worldly. Reasoned. Right. Because you got to remember, because remember, this is important. Remember when Barack Obama was running for president the first time, he promised us that his name and his unique experience in the Muslim community, having having grown up in it, Mm -hmm. would, would make them love us. I'm paraphrasing, but that's a fairly decent analysis. He used that in his campaign. My name and my experience, having grown up in Kenya, the Middle Eastern world, the Muslim world, will see that we have changed, that we are, we're not the same mean, nasty nation we were under George W. Bush. How's that worked out for us? Yeah. How's that? Maybe Bush out? wasn't the problem after you all. Think? Really? Hmm. That's uh, I, that's a, that sounds like a conclusion that uh, that might be too far fetched, Leah Brandon. Um, <laughs> it's too logical here. But let, so so let's go to Trump because it's amazing. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer in in perfect storms. I mean, I've seen them in numerous stories, 
Yeah. And there is a perfect storm. Always around Donald Trump. Well, but in this campaign, this whole campaign has been a perfect storm yes. for Donald Trump. I mean, yes. I mean, every time he could get himself in trouble, something big happens in the news that erases whatever he just did and plays right to his strengths. And confirms what he said. Yeah, it, that's happened too. It's amazing. And so he has, in a couple of very high-profile venues over the last couple of days, he has been touting this, hey, look, uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Uh, this is a, an Islam issue, and we need to, uh, he said, we need to take out their families. Yes. Uh, we, um, you know, he is not uh, completely disregarded this idea of registering Muslims, although he's never actually said that he would do that. That was uh-uh. a, a media creation. Uh, he was on uh, Face the Nation this morning where he went into great detail. Here's a clip of him basically the same thing he said on Face the Nation from the day before answering a very similar inquiry about this issue of Islam and Muslims. If somebody thinks bad things are going on, you have to report it. That should not be racial profiling. And they thought something bad was going on and they didn't report it. Not good. So can you elaborate a little bit on your comments about racial profiling? No, there's nothing to elaborate. The story was that they didn't want to racially profile. In the meantime, a lot of people got killed. We have to use common sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, I guarantee that uh, in the Republican primary, just about every single voter would agree with that. Absolutely. Every single one. Now, he goes a little bit further than most, but that's his way of negotiating. That's the Trump negotiating tactic. Is if you if throw you, it all out there. Right. You ask for the world and you might, you know, you're going to be happier with what you end up getting. Um, yeah. And I have to say that I, you know, there's a couple reasons why politically what has happened is playing right into Trump's hands. Uh, number one is he's the one with the biggest balls. And when you're scared, uh, you're looking for somebody with some balls, especially when you got a eunuch in the White House who you're not even sure is really on our side. And I don't mean that. I don't mean that like in a conspiratorial. You know, he was born in in a foreign nation, and he's a no. some sort of plant sort of way. I just don't think he he sees this as a big issue. I I don't think his heart's in it. I I don't think he I think he, he finds it repugnant that he has to repudiate Islam in any way. Forget about calling it radical extremism or Islamic fundamentalism or terrorism or anything like that. It's just, it's not in, it's almost literally not in Obama's DNA. And so I think from just the global perspective, people immediately rush to the guy with the biggest balls and who's talking the toughest, and that's Donald Trump. But there's another aspect to this that really plays to Trump, and that is because he's leading and therefore, quote-unquote, the front-runner, and more importantly to the news media, because he brings such great ratings to the table, whenever something like this happens, he's the go-to guy. Of course he is. So he gets to go on Face the Nation this morning, unfettered, in front of a big audience that's, that, that is given great credibility and great gravitas, and he gets to speak to millions and by the way, he's playing by different rules than everybody else is anyway, because he's allowed, he's Donald Trump. He's allowed to say whatever he wants. It's almost, here's, what do you think of this analogy, Leah? It's almost like the rest of the GOP field 
is playing boxing in a boxing match like in Olympic rules where it's very control, you know, tight and they've got they've got the the padding on their heads and they they have to only punch in certain ways and it's you know the very very strict rules. Well, Trump is in an MMA match, an MMA match where That's you're, bas- right. you're basically allowed to do whatever the hell you want. You can kick, you can, you can punch, you can bite, whatever the hell you want to do in MMA is all fair game. So Trump gets to go by MMA rules and the rest of the GOP field is, you know, basically playing by Olympic boxing rules. And and even even better for Trump than that, because of his ratings that he brings, whenever something big happens, He's given the megaphone to say what everybody on the right wants to hear. Meanwhile, everybody else or almost everybody else is saying virtually the same thing, maybe not quite as colorfully, to 25 people in Iowa or New Hampshire. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's true. So Trump gets to say it in front of millions. Yes. All the rest of the and field. And not spending a dime. That's exactly. That's the brilliance of it. Exactly. He doesn't, he's the billionaire, and he doesn't have to spend a dime. <laughs> I mean, that's the brilliance of this. And his whole thing was, I'm going to use my own money. And no, he, you're not. You're, he's not spending any money. <laughs> that's, that's the insanity of this. And this is why, this is why, and I, while I believe and still believe that Trump's nomination ensures in a rational world Hillary Clinton will be president, mm-hmm. as fun as it would be, that's why those who are saying there's no chance of Trump winning are delusional. That's right. He's be- got the magic. He does have the magic. With me, it just works. You know, it's magic. I, and the magic <laughs> is working. I mean, it is. It ev- is. It is. It is unbelievable. And. He has created a blockade because whenever something big happens, he's the only one that gets his his voice out there. Everybody else is blocked off because the media wants to go to him first because he brings ratings two because, let's face it, they love the fact that he's creating this much disruption and they know Hillary's going to kick his ass. Uh, so, you know, th- this is all part of the perfect storm. And when we come back. I want to talk a little bit more about the Trump campaign because there's something, another example that I want to provide you that the rest of the news media, I'm guaranteed, never even thought about that shows just how tough it's going to be to take Donald Trump out. And I'll tell you about that when we come back on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back to the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. Still tons to get to in the third hour of the program, but we continue now with what I guess is officially our weekly look at the race to the White House 2016 and specifically, as usually is the case, what's going on with the Donald Trump campaign, which continues to dominate the Republican primary, at least if you believe the polls, more polling out this week, indicating that he is leading big nationally as well as in a couple of the key state polls. Although some of the polls uh, this, that came out this week seem to be a little dicey. 
from the standpoint of their methodology. So I'm not 100% sure his lead is quite as big as being portrayed now. And I still continue to believe that his Achilles heel in Iowa is going to be that in the Iowa caucuses, people have to publicly state their preference for him in front of their neighbors, maybe even their family members. And I think that's going to cost him some some votes. But we'll get to what's going to happen there in a moment. Uh, Lee, I want to play the clip, <laughs> frankly, because it's just too entertaining not to, from a, a Trump rally in North Carolina where uh, Trump brought up onto the stage two ladies known as the uh, Stump for Trump girls. Oh, the, the, it's Diamond and Silk. Well, don't they refer to them as... No. Stump for Trump? Because that's how it's, that was how it was, I don't know, whatever they're called. I mean. They're diamond and silk. Okay, whatever. (laughs) They became internet famous because because, uh, Donald Trump uh, is their man and because Matt Drudge, who jumped on the Donald Trump bandwagon for economic reasons, uh, linked to a video that they did uh, where they, you know, were all excited about Donald Trump. Now, why this was interesting is, one, they're hilarious. Mm-hmm. And two, because they're both black. Mm-hmm. And so because, you know, kind of like the uh, man eats dog, bites dog uh, type of situation, this was so odd that two black women were head over heels for Donald Trump. And because they were funny, uh, Matt Drudge put a link to their video on the Drudge Report. It got over a million hits, although not an enormous number of hits. But within right-wing conservative Internet circles, they became Internet famous and uh, they're very funny. And so Trump seemingly casually brought them up. And what I love about Trump is that nothing seems contrived about him at all. No, it, not at all. It, I mean, and he is so confident in himself. I mean, who, mm-hmm. what other presidential candidate would very casually, with apparently not a shred of preparation, nope. bring these two Looney Tunes <laughs> who could have said anything up up in front of cameras and thousands of people at a at a uh, rally for a presidential campaign. There's no other candidate, better for worse, that would have done that. So he gives them the microphone. And by the way, you can't see it because it's obviously radio. He's not even remotely nervous. It's not nope. like it's not like he's got a hand on the microphone. You know, nope. he's standing behind them and he's giving these two ladies carte blanche <laughs> to whatever they want. And here's the last minute or so of uh, what they went into about why they are. Donald J. Trump fans. The silent majority have spoken, baby. Yes, (laughs) we've spoken. Don't get it twisted. That's right. Tell him to build that wall. Now listen, he gonna put that wall up. Yes, he is. (laughs) He gonna build that wall. He gonna build it. And he gonna build it tall. He gonna build it tall. And it's gonna protect us all. He gonna protect us all. We don't want this country to fall, do we? No, we don't want it to fall. No. Build that wall, Donald J. Trump. Build that wall. Build it. <laughs> you just can't beat that. And and he just walked in, said thank you very much, put his arms around him, and you know, they just like as if they had rehearsed it a thousand times, and yet I don't think they ever even talked about what they were gonna do. Uh, it was beautiful. Yeah, but my my. Can I just tell you my favorite sure, part of the whole please. thing? Yes. Okay. So uh, you're talking about how casual he was, and he is. 
uh, right when he introduced him, he said, you may have seen them, uh, their YouTube sensation or Internet sensation. And then he offhandedly, it just rolls off his tongue. He says, he looks at him and says, I hope you monetized it. (laughs) I love that. I loved it. Yeah, that's true. He did say that. He did. Um, yeah, because he's a businessman. Kind of like that's when, all he thinks about. You should make money. You should make money, and I love that. Kind of like when Larry David made the five thousand dollars by calling him a racist <laughs> yeah, on Saturday exactly. Night Live. He said, "Well, you know, as a businessman, I can respect that." That's right. Now that line was was scripted, but uh, you're right. This was much more uh, casual. Yeah. Now, now here's here's where this this uh, Trump sanity. And that's what this is. I mean, this is Trump sanity. Uh, this is very similar to what happened with Obama in 2008. It really yes, is. It, is. It, it is. is. it is incredibly similar. The crowds, the hysteria, the media obsession. It the bi- fact that Trump really never says anything. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. No specifics. <laughs> We're just going to make America great again. <laughs> hope I mean, and change. Yeah, hope and change. America great again. It's all the same playbook. It really is. Yeah. They are remarkably similar campaigns and remark. And, and, of course, the difference. See, here's the important difference. This is really, really important for conservatives to understand. The difference is once he gets the nomination, it all changes. Mm-hmm. Unlike with what happened with Obama. With Obama, once he got the nomination, it was, oh, hell, Obama. When, when Trump gets the nomination, it's going to be, from the media perspective, okay, we now have four months to destroy this guy or the nation is in peril. That's what's the media, that's how the media is going to react if he is the nominee. Now, let me let me very quickly tell you a scenario that, that really goes to how difficult it's going to be to take Trump out. I talked about Iowa being his Achilles heel, and he's got to be stopped in Iowa. Otherwise, at the very best or worst, depending on your perspective, he's going all the way to the convention. If he wins Iowa, there is no stopping him uh, getting to the convention. I'm not saying he's going to win the nomination. But he'll go, he, he will have his 25% or whatever it is all the way to the convention, and he may end up deciding who gets the nomination or at the very least have a huge amount of pull in who does get it or the ability to sabotage whoever gets it, likely Marco Rubio. So, so Iowa is incredibly important. But let's – I thought about this the other night because I have no life, and I think about these things as I go to bed. Think about the advantages that Donald Trump has that no one else does. So we – He goes to Iowa, and let's say he loses, right? Ted Cruz wins Iowa. And let's say it's by a few points. It's a a win, but not a blowout. What would normally happen is Ted Cruz would have his moment for the nation, right? He would come out to a cheering crowd in victory, and all the networks would instantaneously go to Ted Cruz, and he would give really his introduction to the nation, because most of the nation doesn't know Ted Cruz, right? Correct. This, this is this. You cannot buy this moment if you're the Ted Cruz campaign. You've won the first nominating contest, and now here's your chance to give your speech in front of a adoring crowd with balloons and the American flag. Well, guess what's going to guess what's going to happen? They're going to go to Donald Trump. <laughs> Trump will come out a minute and a half into Cruz's speech, and every single network, not not one, every single network will go to Trump. Every single one. And you know Trump's smart enough and nefarious enough 
to do exactly that because because he's got nothing to lose. See, the normal candidate, first of all, wouldn't have that kind of clout to make the media do that, but they would also be afraid that they would get you know all sorts of criticism for not being polite. You think Trump's going to give a damn about no. being called impolite? Mm-mm. Are you kidding? He has nothing to lose here. He doesn't care what happens after this, so he's going to use his leverage whenever he has it. So Ted Cruz is going to get 90 seconds tops, and then all of a sudden it's going to be, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Oh, Trump's coming out. Sorry. Uh, let's, we'll get back to Ted Cruz about 30 minutes from now after we give you every single second of Donald Trump explaining why he came in second and how he's going to win New Hampshire, and he's probably going to say something crazy that you're going to remember far more than Ted Cruz winning. That's what's going to happen here. That's why it's going to be so difficult to take out Donald Trump. You see what I'm saying, Leah? I do, but you know what? I'm looking for Trump Cruise 2016. That's quite possible, actually. That's what I'm looking for. Well, hour number three coming up on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.